CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 8th, a uh, year ago tonight. Something fun, something memorable, something important, something special, you know, use whatever word you want to plug in there, uh, happened. We're going to talk about that because it seems like the um, the most obvious podcast topic of all time. Um, before we get started in that trip down memory lane, let's go around and introduce everybody. For this evening, everybody is staff writer Justin Ferber up in Reston. How's it going, my friend? Well, um... I would say the year went by fast, but it really went by fast for about 330 days and then <laughs> that creeped it, to the last 35. <laughs> and then it just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. At, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, I, I feel like I should come up with something else because we're not going to have any in-game updates for, for quite a bit. Um, so <laughs> Rewatch updates. <laughs> Whatever Brad could put together today updates. Um, so, yeah, so a year ago tonight, Ferber, you and I, um, I'm guessing by this point, um, what time did the t- game tip off on the East Coast? It's nine, like 9, nine right? 20 or something. So it was, it was, we're coming up on tip time, basically. It's As we record this, it's 8.38 in the evening. Um, we, I wrote in this column, I don't know if anybody checked it out or not, I'll link it in the show notes and whatnot. Um I just kind of went back and revisited last year a little bit and kind of went what I what I wanted to do was kind of go through my Twitter feed and see like what pictures I had shared and and what's funny is that like as I looked at him I had these images in my own mind of like what I was thinking at the time or you know what was going on at the time like I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast but Katie Kirk tried to get me to let her on the floor and I was like ma'am I don't work here like I'm just media <laughs> yes um, I know who you are but, <laughs> like uh... hi Katie uh you know I'm sorry um, and he, she kept, she was like trying to get the, the dude to like tell her, no, she was trying to get the dude to listen to me that she could go on the floor. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just a lowly media member lady. Like I'm not someone who makes decisions around these parts. I'm just glad they let me in. Right. Exactly. Like, Hey, can you not, you know, call any attention to the fact that I'm out here? Cause you know, you're kind of a much bigger deal to me. Um, eventually she did get on the floor, but I would um, just be like, you can get out here. It's fine. No that's actually gets. probably the most random memory I have from the final four from the championship game is Katie Kirk trying to let help, trying to get me to talk the security guy into letting her through the barricade and onto the floor. That was fun. That's how you know you're in a big deal game. Mm, true. Not just because Jim Nance was there, but because Katie Kirk couldn't get on the floor. Katie Kirk couldn't get on the floor. I mean, Katie Kirk shows her JGJ. They they like give her her own camera, you know. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, all right. So as I remember it, we checked out of the hotel early. Should we talk about what our plans were that evening? What what like what cockamamie scheme we had we had conjured up for what was going to happen after this thing happened? You mean like after the game? Yeah, yeah. You know, because what did you do? Like once, you know, there was confetti <laughs> and there was lots of uh, excitement and there was work and interviews and then there was, we went out. And then after that, you did what? You drove. Tell the people. Yes, I did. I, uh, so I remember we had to like leave my rental car somewhere, like some random light rail station. And uh, basically, since this final four thing is such short notice and, you know, a lot of moving parts and didn't even know I was going until like Tuesday of the, you know, week of the games, just like a lot of fans, I'm sure. 
I had to make plans very short notice, and the only flights that I could get in the time frame that I wanted that weren't like a million dollars were to Madison, Wisconsin. So Madison's like four hours away from Minneapolis, so I flew in there Friday night, and I drove to Minneapolis, and then my flight back was Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. or something like that, very early. Obviously, the game ended around 10.30 Central Time or something. Um, and then, or maybe 11 and then obviously the post game and then it's a four hour drive. So I think it was like midnight ish. I left the building and had to like go get my car real quick and then like speed to the, another state to go to the airport to get back home. But, uh, it all worked out. I mean, I was, I was riding on adrenaline for about an hour and then I just crashed like after that, not literally, obviously. Um, but just like, you know, you get so tired from all the stuff that we had done the last few days and, um, obviously made it a little bit more surreal that you had to go straight from that to leaving. <laughs> um, definitely had enough time to take everything in after the game and everything. But yeah, I mean, before I mean, at noon the next day I was home. <sighs> that kind of coincides. I don't know. I think my, my idea after the orange bowl to go and sleep at an airport was probably, um, <laughs> probably dumber, but, uh, I do. I mean, it was the only way I could really do it. So, I mean, it wasn't like I wanted to do it. You yeah, know? but no, I feel you. It worked out okay. I mean, it's an easy <laughs> drive. I got to see parts of the country that I never thought I would see, and you probably never will see again. But it's also very weird being like three hours removed from UVA winning a title and being like on the road in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Should have, we should have recorded a podcast while you drove. That would have been hysterical, right? I mean, it would have been good for me to just keep me awake. <laughs> Late night uh, championship musings, you know? Um, oh, man. Um, I, 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 oh, man, I can't not talk about it because if, if I don't, it'll sit on my brain the whole, like, we're in a plane over Tupelo, Mississippi from, uh, um, oh, man, what's that, what's that movie called, Ferber? Almost famous. There it is. Thank you. All right. So my that night, um, so we checked out of the hotel, and then we I was gonna I, I had rented a car. I was gonna drive back to Will's. Shout out to Will. Like shout out to Will, who who let me stay at his house for a couple of days before you showed up, and then let me stay his at his at his place the night of the championship. By the time I got to Will's, Ben was there. Super who anybody who knows him on the twitters, um, and. Uh, Will's dog, who who had been pretty happy with me, like been very kind to me prior to that, was just not having it. He was like, yo, there's way too many dudes in, in this <laughs> place. And I got there and he was just not happy. I slept for like 0.7 seconds um, and then had to get up and get the rental car back and then get to the airport. Um, but shouts to Will for for helping me out. I don't, I don't, I don't give shouts to him enough for for his kindness during that period. And that, and that's the thing is, even if my flight had been from Minneapolis back home at six a.m., I wouldn't have got any sleep anyway. Like, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, mean, we wouldn't have left the arena until one, and then it's like, all right, I got to leave to go to the airport at four. Yeah, and quite frankly, your experience in Minneapolis was part of what drove my inane decision, insane, I mean, decision to sleep in the airport in Miami. Um, but I digress. All right. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it sucks in the moment, but then once it's over, like right now, it doesn't matter at all to me that I did what I did. Right. (laughs) I mean, I'm so glad that I went because I think that's just the essence of decisions, Ferber. (laughs) And that's, well, yeah, I mean, 
that, it was one of those things where at the time you hem and haw about it. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this with the time frame. And I have a day job. So like I had some meetings Friday that I couldn't get out of and some stuff on Tuesday that I absolutely had to be back for. So that kind of forced my hand as far as, you know, like when I could get a flight unless I flew in like Saturday morning yeah. or something. That um, was the thing. That's the thing. As I look back on it, that's the part that's the craziest to me is you went to work Tuesday. That is nuts. I went straight from the airport to work. That is um, nuts. That's dedication, yeah. man. You, look at well, you. Well, I mean, it was only like a four-hour day, but at this, and I didn't zero work. I mean, <laughs> there's no, nothing getting done. You probably shouldn't say that on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's I don't, statute of limitations run out. It's been a year. I, I, I'm pretty sure at this point it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I just kind of and I it, I wasn't doing anything like not work appropriate. I was literally probably just staring at a blank computer screen, <laughs> trying to conjure up, hours. trying to conjure up some form of energy. And excitement. Um, well, I had to start writing that. We did like a, a big, long thing on Tony. After, oh, that's right. And I kind of started working on it then, I think. But it was like after the work day. But I mean, it was I was probably in bed at like 7 o'clock. We've talked for probably 10 minutes about stuff that I was, everybody else is probably like, this is completely <laughs> irrelevant. No, no, no. But but here's the thing, though. People who listen to this podcast are probably like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's this is this is their bread and butter, man. They they This is what they – this is apparently what they enjoyed. They apparently well, I'm sure enjoyed. there were a lot of other people in similar situations staying at, you know, motels or hotels. I mean, I remember we were trying to find a place, and it was – our choices were pay a million dollars to be downtown or uh, stay a little further out. And yeah. – it was fine. I mean, yeah, no big deal. Rail line it, came in handy. That's for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, that was one of those things where I was like, at the moment, I was like, should I go? Should I not go? And every other person that I talked to um, about, I was like, hey, I got approved for credentials. I'm thinking about going. And they're like, you have to go. You like, know? you have to do it. Yeah, because I mean, and, I, and they were like, it's not really an option. And I was like, yeah, hey, you're probably right. And that honestly kind of convinced me to do it. What, what's really funny though is at the time we were like yeah you got to go because you don't know when they'll be back and never in our, in our wildest imaginations would we have thought like there would not be one next year right we might mm -hmm. think that uva might not make it back for a while if ever right because that's a very real thing right how many how many like players get to a super bowl or you know world series and never get back right and, and honestly i've always thought about i've always wanted to go to a any final four right so this was like that on you know on times Sarah, 10 yeah and then also, like, I got to, you know, not to brag or anything, but we didn't have to pay to be in there. So, like, I mean, that it's kind of like a, you know, everything kind of came together. Um, I hope the people who had to pay get really mad at you for saying that. Well, I think the people that paid and came were are definitely not regretting that decision at this point. You know, that's I true. Mean, they got, they got <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah. Stuff. If you're listening to this podcast, the, the Venn diagram of the people who would be listening to this podcast and were upset that they paid to be there are is probably non-existent, right? Like Auburn fans. Well, yeah, they're they thinking are. we're going to talk about Ty Jerome traveling or uh, double, double, dribble, yeah. dribble, double dribbling. What's uh, what's before we talk about the actual championship game and, and everything that came after? What's your what's your most indelible memory of that trip that? arena being there those few days what's what's what stands out to you now and you you just remember it like it was yesterday the thing that stands out to me the most out of the entire experience is the kyle guy free throws yeah. um because i that whole moment is I, I remember it very very vividly because it was so crazy you know they were up 10 or whatever it was and I remember at one point, you know, when Auburn was up four, I think they had the ball. It was not a good situation, whatever was going on. I remember being like, holy crap. They just went from, hey, they finally made a Final Four, and now they're going to have like this. Not that it wouldn't have been viewed as a successful season, but the way they went out, if they would have lost that game, would have been like they choked it away, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, how are we going to frame this? Like, 
is it, I mean, it's cool that they came here, but like, what a terrible way to lose because it really would have been. Um, I mean, they kind of, they, I mean, I'm not saying they gave the game away, but it was a collapse of sorts. Um, Ty Jerome picked up that fourth foul, like a cheap play. And then like, it kind of changed the game, but just that the three before the three, the foul, the whole situation. And then I just remember him going to the free throw line and we were both like, he should be able to make two, like, I mean, out of three, but you never know. And then he made the first one. And I remember you sitting next to me and you were just like, bruh. And I was like, yeah. And then he made the second one and you said it again. <laughs> and, I, and then they called timeout. And that yeah. timeout, I feel like it lasted like 10 minutes. It did. It, it, it lasted into eternity. Yeah. And then when he made the third one, it was like you, it, 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 the game immediately was over after that. You know, it was probably 10 more seconds and the game was literally over. Yeah. And then we kind of just sat there. And yeah. I was like, now what do we do? Yeah. Like, what just happened? <laughs> um, I mean, that whole thing, like the the that moment, I remember. I've never sat somewhere like that. I sat there for probably ten minutes after the game, just like in a daze because I just didn't know what to do. And then I like grabbed my stuff and went back to the press conferences, and we did all that. And the next thing I really remember it was like the being in the Auburn press conference and just being like, "Oh wow!" Like, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it was like, "Oh, there's another game to go watch." So yeah. we just trotted back out there. But we were the whole rest of the night. We were just like, "I can't believe we're gonna go to the net. Like, we're gonna get to cover the yeah. national championship game." Yeah. One thing I think that is is interesting about just an NCAA tournament, and it's and it's and this is true of the ACC tournament too, just because of the the idea, the, the essence of a tournament, right? But like when 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 Duke's coming to Charlottesville, right? Like it's a big game, everybody's hype. Maybe game day's there, whatever. It's a game. It happens and it's over, right? There's no game a day after, you know. Like maybe you know you get in those situations where they play on a Saturday and then play on a Monday, right? But realistically, like tournaments are different, and so you do. There's all this lead up to the game that you that you cover first, or the game that is first, right? And then it's funny how your brain doesn't necessarily even think about, especially in this situation, right? Your brain never really thought about. Like I wasn't worried about. You know who won the next game and who Virginia might play and blah blah blah. You know I was worried about Auburn. You know and like I think we even I think we did a piece during the week about you know the other game and if Virginia were to win and da 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 da. But like it wasn't like a thing I was thinking about. And I remember after the, after the the thing went final, being like, oh crap, there's like a game, right? Like and it's funny because the logistics. I remember you literally saying like, well, I guess I got to figure out what Texas Tech's all about <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I guess we got to start, you know, scouting Texas Tech. But but what's funny about it to me in hindsight is, like, I remember I remember saying bro to you twice like that. It's funny that, that you brought that up because I hadn't thought about it in a while, but I do remember it. Um, what's what's funny to me, one, we were in the – we were, like, right near the Auburn student section. And to say that they didn't take it well is – putting it mildly I well, mean I was, I was kind of glad honestly that that came through on tv because yeah, right. I just remember the booing was so loud mm. like on because that's where the Auburn fans were too they were to our left and I just remember like the booing on our end of the floor was like really really loud at the end of when the game ended um and then obviously there were people in the student section in front of us like basically celebrating the win before they won the game you know because we all kind of thought it was going that way yeah and then it just turned so fast um, it's it, it, the whole the whole thing is sort of like a surreal event anyway because there's just so many people right. there and right and that's and where I was like, going is that like you know in the column I talk about you know even a year later it still doesn't like it still feels surreal like it still feels like not necessarily like a dream but it's just like one of those things like holy crap that really did happen 
you know? And I'm sure we'll look back at, like, this year's ACC tournament, the fact that we were there and then we weren't, right? And that, like, oh, wow, that actually happened. For me, the the indelible memory, um, not just, well, one, we talked about this on the pod before, but I can't, I can't avoid it now. Like, the place is just massive. Like, I, I don't know if it should, I mean, like I mentioned the column, I still haven't watched it, you know, beginning to end and... Um, that's probably something I'm going to have to do during this whole quarantine situation. But like, I don't know if it came through on TV just or ever, you know, cause like watching these things in the past, I've always thought like, why do they have them in football season? We talked before, like they have to, because there's just so much stuff that has to happen inside that building. We walked up into literally the worst seat and it took us a solid 10 minutes to get from the floor <laughs> Felt like up an there. hour. If hey, right, and then like for like the next day and a half, my quads hurt so bad from all those steps. I mean, we went to literally the worst seat in the worst part of that building, right? And I think that's the thing that I, I like. I indelible memory. The the it, it it felt gargantuan, right? And because the place was so big, and I think maybe even too, if I'm being completely honest, like the court was raised, right? It just made it feel super unique and special and different you know and for me that's something i'll never be able to forget is just how crazy it's it felt um the other thing for me is i don't want to say that i didn't think virginia could win the national championship because that's not accurate i but i did not spend a lot of time thinking about if they win then what right yeah until that until that horn sounded and they started celebrating and the Auburn fans were booing until literally that point my brain had never even fathomed it was like I thought hey how cool is it that they're in the final four you know like after last year to get back to a final four man this Auburn team I think they could really you know beat them but Auburn's dangerous never even got to the place of like oh and what's funny is that like I didn't feel you know in terms of owning a site with a message board I didn't feel a lot of stress about the final four I felt immediate stress the second it was over and I was like crap they're gonna play for national championship and if they lose this people are gonna lose it now I understand that I have a very jaded sense of 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 scale sometimes because of you know my job and and interacting with fans and fans um can you know that is short for fanatic right but like in that moment the 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 sea change in my brain of almost like playing with house money to suddenly being like, oh, crap, they got to figure out a way to win this. Um, and then the, the championship game we got. I mean, you know, I've watched a lot of, you know, over the years, a lot of crappy football. Certainly watched plenty of crappy basketball, too. But um, those last three games were just, just the most incredible games. And for them to finish the way they did and be so different from each other, uh, and that this team just kept finding a way um, – you know, and the fact that my birthday was sandwiched in between the final four and the championship game, I mean, like for personally, like there's just no way around that, right? Like I was, you know, I was unable to see my mom and my family on my birthday this year, yesterday, you know, because of the situation. But I, you know, I was in Minneapolis last year and I was laughing about like just the the sheer craziness of it all, you know? And, you know, I've worked on my birthday plenty of times, most years, right? But like, be at the final four media day of the national championship game on my birthday was, you know, I'm, I'm never going to forget that birthday. <laughs> um, I can still, it's funny. The, the things that stick in your mind, I can see the purple on the walls of the, of the inside of the place. I can still hear Jim Nance come on, you know, doing the intros and stuff. 
Um, That's when it really started to kind of feel real. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, Whoa. Right. This is like what I've seen on TV, you know, all these years. Like this is really happening. Yeah. It, it kind know? of came to life. The game itself was incredible. The championship game specifically. Um, you, you, all night long, it just felt like two heavyweights just exchanging haymakers, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, Texas Tech, I just went back and pulled the tweet because I remember during their game, it was 11.07 p.m. on the 6th. So probably like the very end of their game. I was like already starting to kind of like look at them. And I already had because, you know, once you're down to four teams, it's not that hard to figure out. Like, hey, if they win, they'll play one of these other two. We should probably look at what they're doing. And I'd seen Texas Tech a bunch of times. But, you know, their, their profile was best defense, you know, uh, fifth in Ken Palm, very good record, best player in Ken Palm. Like you have to figure that they're going to give them a game. But UVA is definitely, like, I think UVA had more talent. Um, they definitely had had more of, like, an established run in the years prior. Um, and, you know, after the first the – th- the funny thing is it's, like, there's two ways you can look at it. I think in the immediate aftermath of the Auburn game, I was like, this is the team of destiny. There's no way they can lose, right? But then it's, like, when they're up nine or whatever it was in the national championship, you're like, well, they kind of did blow some leads in the last couple of games to get to the point where it was they did the crazy thing. So I was kind of like, you don't even feel safe with a, with a decent-sized lead. But then also you don't feel like, a, you know, a five-point deficit can't be overcome either. So it was just, you know, it was one of those games that you knew would be in the balance. I mean, I didn't think it was over until – the key dunk like then then it was like okay you know it's in the bag now yeah there were plenty of moments right where you're just thinking all right well they're up so many now it's it's probably okay right and then they do something you're like all right well there's this much time left okay and because of what had happened the previous two games like my brain never got to that place but the key dunk certainly put it there yeah i mean there were definitely times in the second half where i started to think like it looks like uva is going to win this game but i never you know i never really yeah you never it's like you wouldn't let yourself like believe it but they hit a couple big shots i remember that ty jerome sort of like post up fadeaway thing he did like on the block um that put them up like eight or something with like i don't know four minutes to go and i was like okay like they're starting to get to a point where it feels like they're going to win but I'd also just seen them blow a lead like that the other day. So, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of like, all right, you never know. Yeah, like, yeah. And you know Texas Tech had a run in them because they had one in the first half after they got down early. So, yeah, I mean, it just – even when it was over, it's like, wow, it just ended, you know, just like that. Even though so many other games play out like that all the time and you don't think anything of it. But it's like, wow, that's that's it. There's no more games to play, you know. Yeah. Um. It, it's funny to me how – Virginia finally wins the national championship and had to do it by beating literally one of the best defenses of however, you know, choose yeah. your choose your 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 metric, you know, whether it's that season or the last however many seasons or whatever, right? Like that defense was crazy good and UVA put a hurting on them. Um scored 85 points. <laughs> yeah, had I think no player had no threesome had scored as many points as them in the last what five or ten years or something. Well, like that's that. what's crazy. I was looking at your your thing that you wrote earlier. I had I had completely blocked the, out of my mind that Kyle guy had twenty four points. Yeah, I mean he he balled. He, yeah, I mean he, I knew he had a big game, but it didn't feel like twenty four is a lot for UVA. <laughs> like, and obviously he didn't even lead the team in scoring. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a. It was definitely – I mean, I don't think that was necessarily like the best game they played or anything, but they definitely saved it for a good time, like a big game for a good time because yeah. a little bit less of an effort in any of those three games would have resulted in a loss, you know? 
it's almost like when you get to the to to that level, like you have to all of a sudden like really play well. Like it kind of doesn't matter, you know. Um, which is one of those things we've talked about over the years, right? Like, you know, on some level, like you can you can get into like who's in your bracket, who's in your 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 region, and all this. But ultimately, you're going to have to beat a good team to get where you want to go, and you're going to have to beat another one to get to the place where you can beat another one to win a championship. Like, like that's the long. I think short that. Of it. That might honestly be like the biggest takeaway for me, and it's not like I hadn't learned that lesson the hard way in the years prior, but I, it just shows how hard it is to do it. Like, and some teams make it look easy, but even for them, I mean, that's a testament to them. That's right. you know, like Villanova destroying Michigan and whoever else they beat in the Final Four the year prior. I think it was Kansas. Like that's just because they were the best team. They were just really good, right? And like, but it's still, they still probably had a game somewhere in that run where it was tight, you know? And it just, it's so hard to win six games in a row when every other team in that tournament is, if nothing else, a dangerous team that's up and down or mediocre, right? And then, and then, or, or worse, you know, like a team that's won a conference championship, knows how to win, has won a lot of games or a super talented team. Almost every team is coached by a really good coach. Like it's just really hard to do. Yeah. I think another thing I And it's not like baseball or something where it's like, oh, you can drop a game here or there, don't bring it on a certain yeah, night that's true. you can keep playing. Like you have to do it every night or you're out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can maybe you can get by with like a half, you know, in the first round, you know, and UVA certainly Yeah, and they did that. <laughs> did that, you know, and got, and did the thing where they didn't get away with it and whatever. But you're gonna have to be good, um consistently. Um the other thing I remember a lot about that night was you know, the ACC tournament you've you're if you're media you're basically allowed on the floor pretty much instantaneously and this you couldn't be like you were kind of kept off and so i had more time to sort of take in things than i wouldn't probably you know have had like in a you know greensboro or whatever and i mean i can tell you that i in the the day of the game we got there pretty early because we didn't really have anything else to do at a certain point i think it was probably like four something in the afternoon we walked around we walked around mall of america as long as we could (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I walked around the bowels of the U.S. Bank Stadium probably just because I just get restless. I did that. I probably took 10 laps around. Like, just because you were in the middle of doing work. Like, you were writing something or doing something. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to sit in this media room for five hours. Like, I just can't do it. <laughs> so I would just walk around. And it's cool because you get, like, at the Final Four especially because you get, like – you see all the, like the the food service people getting everything set up and like all the you know security guys and every the locker rooms are getting set up and you kind of get like little glimpses of the court as you walk around and like the Vikings locker room is there you know it's just it was it's not bad scenery I just like put some headphones in and just like took laps because yeah. it was just like just trying to get you know pent up those, energy out yeah, get those steps in <laughs> right um but then like in that time after. Right. Like in the time before we could like do anything, the amount of text messages from friends of mine, um, you know, reading Twitter, reading the board. I mean, the sense of relief, I think, is probably like there was certainly a a great amount of achievement. And I don't want to make it sound like there wasn't. But I think it was this sense of um, of relief that I will remember among fans. Um, Like I've never I've never experienced anything like that. The tech game when when Eli Hamback came up with that ball is probably as close to that feeling as a sporting event is going to get until they were you know and even if they were to win another one heck you're talking about you know your second national championship at that point right um like even now like even just literally saying those words I just said there's a part of my brain that goes wait what 
Like there, there was just this sense of relief. Virginia fans, you know, had been through it. And I think that is the thing that I will remember most is that when you looked in the crowd, you saw people not just jubilant, but like genuinely like there was a catharsis that happened, you know, and I don't know how many championships were also cathartic. Um, you know, maybe you could think of like, you know, somebody who, you know, had, had, you know, the, the knock was that, Oh, they couldn't win the big one. Um, and certainly, you know, that was a part of this story too, but just, just the sheer relief. I think that the Virginia fans felt a year ago tonight as we record this is it, I don't think there's much comparison, you know, like, um, it, 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 we've had that conversation before about like, you know, trying to compare UMBC to the Syracuse elite eight loss and which one kind of sticks with you the most in that. But this thing wiped everything off the map. You know, it just, it, it had this way of, um, of making you feel like everything that had happened. And this is well before, you know, Tony got up and, you know, kind of communicated that, but like it did have this feeling of like everything that, that, that you had put in to get where you were was worth it. Like all of the pain and all of the, you know, the tough beats and stuff, like it was all, you know, all for this. And it was, you know, it was worth it. I'm, I, I said in the column, you know, joy came in the morning and then it did not leave. I mean, that's, that's exactly how it felt. And then, oh yeah, by the way, you, you get to watch dudes that you've known since they were kids, you know, fulfill this lifelong, um, you know, pursuit. And then to be, you know, cheered on by the former Cavaliers that were there, Joe Harris and Devin Hall and Justin Anderson. Um, that part was really cool. Like to watch them uh, embracing Kyle Guy and talk to him about, um, you know, just how proud they were of him and, and the team. And I, I think there's just a lot, there's just a lot of there there for me. And every moment of that post game um, both went by quicker than quick and then also seemed to kind of for time to stand still and yeah what's funny is i don't remember much about the game itself but man i remember so much about that post game like i could walk you through exactly where i was and who i talked to and it's 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 really weird the way your brain works well the weird thing is like nuts and bolts wise it was you know obviously it's a national championship game so that in itself is weird right it's you're not going to cover a lot of those um, or just watch the team that you root for play in many of them. Um, the you know the way that the media situation was like you were sitting in a different area than me. Um, yeah, that part I, sucked. I gotta be honest, well, that part sucked. I, yeah, and it, it was it was you know I'm not gonna complain. I had a good seat and everything, but it was weird taking all that in, and I did not say a word to anyone the entire game. Yeah, because there's nobody next to me. Right. It was very weird. And it was weird but for, I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, there was so much energy in the building that it didn't feel that way. Mm. And there, obviously, there were people a few seats down. Right, right. right. Um, like, I remember Chris from the Sabre was, like, you know, five seats down, right? So, and I don't think I've ever told this story, but... Oh, God. Right, we were in the third... Well, I know you said... I think you said this last year that you, like, kind of botched your writing thing. Oh, absolutely did. Completely right. screwed it up. So, I'm... Uh, Maybe to a fault. Uh, I try to be polite and courteous and, you know, whatever to people that I don't know. Right. Just the way I was raised. Um, I'm only laughing because the juxtaposition between you hanging out with me, these things and me being the person who will like immediately well, I jump would, into I would some say shit. That, I would say that you don't suffer fools as well as I do. <laughs> um, 
But Fair. so like during the game, as you remember, I sat in the exact same seat as I did for the Auburn game, right? Right. So we're like in the third row of the media behind the like on the baseline of what would have been the Texas Tech basket in the second half and overtime, right? So behind the Texas Tech students. So right behind us was like a railing and then it was fans, you know, probably like what, five feet behind us. So in the probably like middle of the first half, this guy like leaned over and asked me a question about a stat because I had all the stat stuff on my computer. And, you know, he's a fan. He's I'm like, yeah, what the hell? I'll, I'll you know, placate him or whatever. So I just told him, he's like, hey, how many points does so-and-so have or some, you know, easy answer question. So I just turned around and told him. Then he did it a couple more times, you know, no, nothing totally, you know, pleasant interaction, no problems. And he kept going, and it got like as the game got more tense, I got a little bit shorter with my answers. And I was trying to, I was honestly just trying to focus on the game. And I would say at probably the worst possible time, I forget when it was, but it was before DeAndre Hunter tied the game and after UVA had lost the lead. So, so maybe like after the tied Jerome floater didn't go down? Yeah, or maybe right before that, like after the after the and one that Texas Tech had, or or maybe the Culver spin move, you know, play. It was somewhere in that time, like there was a stop, like a quick stoppage, and this guy was like, "Hey man, can I put my phone on your phone charger?" And I was like, "No." He was like, "What?" And I was like, "I'm trying to work, man." And he was like, "Oh, sorry about that." Uh. And just kind of like went back to what he was doing. I mean, he's not really supposed to be putting his phone like on our desk anyway. But I was normally I might have just said, ah, what the hell? But I just didn't want to be bothered by this guy anymore because I knew then he would be asking for his phone back. And I kind of like snapped at him. And then when they when they were up like seven in overtime, I turned around. I was like, you can put the phone on the charger if you want. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed and was like, I'm good, man. I got enough. Back. That's funny. Uh, that's so unlike you. Well, it's that funny because remember you. that happened. The exact same thing happened to us in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was going to ready to say those, that happened to us in Brooklyn. Those very yeah. drunk guys behind us were like, yo, bro. Yeah, come on, man. Let me get a slice of pizza and a phone charger. That's my Brooklyn accent. Yeah, those dudes were something else. This um, guy was cool, but he just was bugging me and bugging me. He just hit you at the wrong time. He wasn't a UVA fan or a Texas Tech fan. He was just there. So I was just like, dude, just I, not right now. Like, now, um, Now's not it, bro. Yeah, and the, but then after they got a lead, I was like, eh, if you want to put it on there, go ahead. <laughs> it's just funny. That just shows you how tense the game got because I normally wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's that's totally a me thing. That's not a that's not a Ferber thing. That's a Brad thing. Um, well, you would have just never talked to him the first. That's true. Time I would never. Much. I would have just been focused and never even like. He would. I would never have even turned. That's very true. You're very right. Um, I remember walking back. You know, after the championship celebration, and they were going to let us go in the locker room and talk to the kids. I remember walking back to put my stuff down in the media room and there's an energy that happens before a game anywhere. And that energy goes up, obviously the, the level that you're, you know, covering, man, there's nothing like the energy after national championship game. Like, I mean, put that bottle, that stuff up, um, just walking down that hall and then trying to, you know, um, negotiate my way from the entrance of the media room, which um, I guess I could try to describe. So think of like a big hallway and then there are these big, huge, you know, drapes essentially that take, that basically take this one large open space area and, and um, kind of siphon it off a little bit. You step through once a gentleman or lady touches your actual pass, which I still, to this day, they're like, they got to put their fingers on it, make sure it's legit. 
Um, but then there's just rows of tables. So, I mean, it's not like there's like an actual room. It's, it's still a big open space. But like you stepped in there and it was like, I mean, there was just so much energy. Um, and I remember like trying to get back to the locker room, which was back toward the court from where we were. And like trying to negotiate, you know, getting out of there and, you know, get my stuff set up on my camera so I could do some video stuff and just being completely like, oh God, like, where do you even start? Like, what do you even do? Um, and it's funny because like, we've got post game pretty much down, you know, like after, you know, you do so many games, you understand like, here's the ebb and flow of it. There's no ebb and flow at something like this. Like you, you're just, everybody's like seat of your pants. You just go, um, get as much as you can get, figure it all out later. Um, but man, once I got in that locker room, it, that's when the emotion of it all hit. That's when the the reality started to set in. You see the big board, you know, in the back with the with the Virginia sticker in the championship spot, and kids with the you know championship hats and pieces of net. And you're just like, I think that was the thing is that like you would talk to these kids and they had this net in their in their hats, and you're just like, oh wow, that's right, that's what you do when you win a championship. You have a piece of a net you take with you forever, and the just the the imagery and everything of the moment just washing over you. Like, you know, it's like waves. It just, just never stopped. And, um, I don't know, man, it was just a, it was just a, an experience that like an actual game can't encapsulate. Like you can talk about, you know, what set they ran here, or who got a rebound there. And you can talk about mommy blocking this shot or the, you know, the review off of, you know, the tip off of uh, what's his name's hand. But like, it's the stuff after that I think sticks with me the most. The reactions of the players, the things that they said, the things that they said to each other. Um, you know, just the just the sheer joy. And I uh I did not go into the locker room the night of the UBC game. I only went to the post game. Um probably a good choice. Yeah. Um and there probably wasn't a ton of energy in there. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, ton, but I, I, but in a way, it's funny because that's where actually where I was going. I, I kind of wish I, I had. I kind of wish because like I can imagine what it was like in the Texas Tech locker room. You know, like I saw some of their kids uh, on video from the post game. Yeah, I mean, I remember there. seeing them in the hallway like when they were leaving, um, and some of the UVA guys, not players, because they weren't out there, but just like you know, support staff people were like congratulating them and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they definitely seemed defeated. But then it was like after like 30 minutes or so, I saw them all leaving. And they seemed a little bit, you know, in better spirits, I think. Because I think if you lose in the national championship game, it's like, well, we made it to the final, you know. <laughs> but, like, there's no, there were no other games that we could have gotten to. We were very, very close. But, you know, I think when you play in the games, maybe it doesn't have quite the same effect. Especially in college because it's not like the NBA where it's like next year we got to ramp up and do it again. I mean, most of your good players are seniors, so uh, or they're going pro. Um, I feel like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if if all the um, I I'm always curious of like what what folks think of what think folks who watch something at home, right? Like what what they get and what they don't get, right? And I mean, clearly the players were, were excited and there was a lot of emotion, but there was also just a lot of pride. And I don't know if that showed through as well on TV when the kids were out on the court or when they were at the podium um, after, but it certainly did in the locker room. Like they weren't just like excited and happy. They were proud of themselves. And that's a yeah, thing. And I, and, I, 
and I think the funny thing is for a lot, I think, I don't want to say like they expected to win or whatever, but it kind of did feel like they were like, we did, we accomplished what we should have accomplished yeah. more than yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. shocked that we can't believe we did it. Right. Like, it wasn't, yeah, there was no like shock in the world sort of vibe. It was a, I remember interviewing Kihei Clark at his locker and not a lot of people were around and he was just like eating <laughs> like, yeah. like it was no big deal. Yeah. You know? just, yeah. He was eating like gummy bears or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. Um, and we were just like, yep, <laughs> just like a, a casual chat real quick because, you know, he was like, yeah, that's it. We're, we're packing up our stuff and we're going home, yeah. you know? And I remember talking to Jason Williford, um, who was off to the side and a couple of us kind of came over and, and we're talking to him about it. And as a guy who, um, obviously played at UVA and experienced some, you know, some tournament, um, you know, some tournament, um, um, disappointment or whatever. You know, not just as a player, but obviously then as a coach, you, you know, he he had some of that, but it was different. You know, like these kids came to Virginia together to to do what they did. And then they got, you know, some some, you know, role players around them um, that helped build the um, the the foundation or what have you. But like. It was interesting to me then, you know, not that long after is when they they uh, demolished the rest of what was standing of you hall. And I remember talking to Jason that day, and by this point, he like grown out his beard a little bit, and he was, you know, starting to get more used to it, and he still couldn't put it really into context. And I thought it was interesting that like the kids did a really good job almost on contact of doing that. Um, it was everybody else who who struggled. Um, and you know that night, well, I, you know, I'll never forget like leaving the arena late. Um, you know, getting on the train. Um, you know. Seeing the the thing about you know they were the champions on the on the board, did we go? Was it? Did we go out that night or did we go out the night of the final four? It was the Auburn game. Okay. I didn't go out. I had to go to the airport. That's right. You had to go straight to the airport. So <laughs> I, I remember, but I, I remember. Being, I remember being on the light rail and like Laurel and Anna Bennett were on it or oh, something. That's funny. That's interesting. And they were. I think because they had that. This is what's crazy is like the final fours is so weird. Like they had to go from the arena to this like outdoor, like party thing. Right. In the street. Yeah. At like one o'clock in the morning on yeah. a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> Almost like having Gavin DeGraw do the halftime of the order. Well, they were like, they have to, I remember they were telling the media something. They were like, the presentation of the such and such trophy at the whatever will be in a little while. And I was like, what trophy is that? They already got it. <laughs> they got the one they needed. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like some sort of like trophy that they probably used to give out a long time ago yeah. for like winning the AP poll or something. Yeah. Because it's like a writer's trophy or something, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean that's what I mean. I yeah, I didn't go out that night. Um, but I just I remember went out to Wisconsin, went, <laughs> <laughs> out into the night. Um, but no, I just remember it was late, and I got to the train, and I took a picture of the you know the thing on the outside that said champions. And by that point, there was nobody around, and I I feel like every day since then it just didn't it is not it has not seemed real and, um. I'll just never be able to talk about the that night in Minneapolis without that being the theme for me. It's just like they they clearly knew that they had this in them and that that was this was their expectation. And anything short of that would have been failure to them. To I don't know if I'm if I can speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. To me, like maybe that you know, it's just it's still so surreal to me. Um, which makes the backdrop of like this entire season and the way it ended and everything all the stranger, 
You know, because think about it. I, I said this to, uh, I did an interview, spoiler alert, with Jason Williford that's going to come out either today or tomorrow as you listen to this, or at least part of it. I haven't decided if I'm going to do a Q&A or just a regular feature. But anyway, um, we were talking about, you know, has any fan base had the kind of, you know, up and down nature, right? You go from losing to UMBC when you were the number one overall seed, coming back and winning a championship with the way you did in those last three games. Next year, you lose all these pieces, you put it together, you win eight in a row, and then your season just ends. You don't even get a chance, right? And now everybody's stuck at home. I mean, it's just the weirdest three years. You know, Austin Katcher had that tweet. It was like, you know. Yeah, he nailed it. You know, like. He's like, my three seasons in college basketball, lose to a 16th seed, national champions, canceled, basically. It's like, just crazy, you know. <sighs> We've done like four. We're living in strange times here, Brad. And, you know, it's funny. I would like to go back to the regular times, personally. I would like to go back to the ho-hum, like, hey, do you remember that year? Nope, not at all, because nothing important happened. Um, that would be fun. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we've done 45 minutes at this point on uh, on the championship. Um, and I'm trying to think of a good way to sort of finish this out. Um, I have one. Okay, fair. Go ahead. You never told this story because oh you didn't want to, I don't think, the night that we recorded with Dave after they won. God. Um do you know where I'm going with this? No, I, I kinda don't and, and I don't I don't I don't want that to change what you're doing because if if you thought it was a good idea, it's probably well, a good I'm idea. I'm gonna but... let you describe it because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But so like the game like I said, we were in different seats, right? And the game ends, the confetti falls, there's a lot of crap going on. It takes a few minutes for them to set up the stage for the trophy. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna walk over there now um and get in a better position and then eventually we went on the court and so on and so forth. But it took me a while to find you. You know, you were like at your seat and you were filming with your phone thing that you have, the little the phone whatever. thing. I like that. That's you know what te- I mean. It has technical like the, term. You hold the phone into the, the bar. I don't know. Man. It's a gimbal. It's a gimbal. Yeah. OK, sure. Um, <laughs> I know what a gimlet is, but I don't know what a gimbal is. <laughs> um, so I walked over and I didn't even say anything to you. And I just kind of like smiled and you just looked away. You're like, you couldn't even look at me. Yeah. Yeah. You were having a moment. Uh, yeah. Well, and you, I, the only reason I brought that up is because, um, you tried to say this on the podcast last year and you decided not to. Yeah. Do you remember that? You yeah. were just like, it's too fresh for me. Yeah. I can't do it. No, listen, I'm an emotional person. I just was, I was just kind of like laughing. I was like, yeah, they did it. And you were just like, it's not a good time. And I was like, all right. I'll all right. All right. I don't know here. if I said those words. You just, no, you didn't say anything. You just looked at I, me. And I was like, okay, he's having a, he's having a. <laughs> all right. I think the easiest way to describe it is to say that. Um... I'm not going to say you were crying because I don't think you were quite there. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. Like I don't, I, I am an emotional person. Um, you know, I, I watch Black Panther with my kid because we're working through the Marvel movies, and I watch Black Panther and, and got all teary. So I mean, you know, that's fine. I don't really have a problem with my emotion. When um, Sterling K. Brown died? No, no, no. We, no, it's, it's. I'm it's, joking. No, because she's like super into it. She's like, she's go Black Panther, go Black Panther. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um. I know exactly. I mean, I, I obviously I remember that moment. I think for me, the best way I can describe it is you get used to sitting with with your with your people, right? And like when I wasn't with you and Caroline wasn't there, and you know, like the it I it it, it I guess the easiest way to describe it is I've been 
I wrote a whole column about how surreal it all is, and I wrote and been, been talking for however long now about how surreal it was. I think the easiest way for me to explain is that when I saw you, it became real, and everything just sort of happened. You know, like I was getting texts and stuff, but like I don't know. In that moment, that's what that's what was happening to me is that everything was like hitting me all at once, and I needed to take a beat. I guess is the, is the best way to describe it. Um, you know, I I think that. Uh, you know, I I have not watched from start to finish uh, the championship game, but I've seen the the little clip that they play before the game starts, where they they talk to the coaches of the of the you know star players from the two teams. I mean, like that kind of stuff is always messed with me. I'm like I you know, you know. Yeah, that was a tough one for me because I was like, um, and I'm not as much of a crier. Um, not I wouldn't call myself an emotional person. Um, I have emotions. I'm not a robot. Um, but I saw that I somehow I forget how because I remember tweeting it out. But I saw the video before it aired on TV. Like I just happened to catch it, like in the you know one of the tunnels they were showing it on a TV, like running it or something. And I saw it and was like, oh god, people are gonna cry <laughs> like <laughs> when they see this. Um, you know, with all the pictures of them as kids and all that. I was like, yeah, this is gonna tug on the heartstrings. Um, so yeah, and then when it was actually on the broadcast, I was like, oh wow, they actually you know. I'm sure some people were affected by it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was just really cool. It worked out really well for everybody, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and they all lived happily ever after. Um, now it's funny that you bring that up because yeah, I, I started to tell the story, and my my problem is is that like um, you know I, it's funny. This is really funny. So like I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but Carrie Keys, anybody who knows that name, is a um, a coach now in the in the Valley, I believe. I hope I, I hope I got that right. Anyway, he yeah. he um, he played for Spotswood High School in the '90s, and the first time that my high school went to to the state championship game, they played Spotswood, and Kerry Keys had a shot late that be- basically beat them, and that team was, I mean, I was in middle school at the time, and my sister was a cheerleader. I mean, we went to every game, obviously. And I mean, I lived and died with those dudes. I thought they were, you know, a couple of those guys were legitimate gods, you know, like, um, you know, just because of that kind of stage yeah. in my life. It's funny how that changes over time. Yeah. I mean, right. I was like the same way. You think about these high school kids and even college players is like these yeah. grown now, men, right? adults, you know. Now I cover college, high school kids and I'm like, oh, my God, can you stop retweeting things? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it. It's funny because like he had messaged me today about a um, a kid and he wanted to add some some stuff to the database and so I was like also by the way I haven't forgiven you for the shot you hit in '93 or whatever and he was like oh man that's you know small world and whatever but it's funny because like I have always been someone who like emotion that I experience at one point can always bubble back up at any point and so like I'm sitting there messaging with him today feeling everything I felt you know and. Um, I tried not to, (laughs) it wasn't necessarily, I didn't want to talk about it. Is that like, I just didn't think I could, and I didn't want to do the emotion thing on the pod. And so I'm actually doing a pretty good job right now of keeping it all together. I'm glad that you prefaced that you were going to do it. I brought it it up because I feel like enough time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is like, you know, we could talk about it. I mean, there are certain scenes of movies, man. If you, you know, you know, um, that James Taylor song kicks in and remember the Titans boy, <laughs> I'm, I, the tears are going to start coming, you know, cause I know uh, Gary Portier is about to get into a car accident. Spoiler alert. Um, 
Wow, you just ruined a movie. I just ruined. Remember the Titans for everybody. Ago. Look, if you made it. 15 well, we minutes, also ruined the national championship in case anyone hasn't gotten around to watch. Uh, if you were in a coma and you just woke up from your long from your long coma. Well, we got a lot of catching up to do. If somebody just woke up. To- <laughs> we got a lot. Whole lots happened. Yeah. A whole lot. Um, but anyway, no, I just you know I appreciate that you uh, that you gave me a chance um, to <laughs> to compose myself basically. Um, before you uh before you told the story but no it was yeah it was pretty cool and it was i don't know like i said it was the best way i can explain it is that like once i saw you it it, it became real and i was like i don't know just kind of it all washed over me um but even though i have that effect on people <laughs> including the dude who needed his phone charged um, yeah i mean it's just funny like you watch so many inconsequential games and i hate this you know i it, and in the moment, they don't feel inconsequential. But then you think back, and you're like, think about all like the random games that we've watched together. Yeah. You know, yeah, like in this in JPJ, UVA, Towson, UVA, whatever. You know, it's um, main week. <laughs> right. I mean, there's just there's just you know, and then it's like those games. It's just like the stage is so much different, and you think like, man, like it's weird that we're actually in this situation. Um, and I think that's one thing that 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 stands out the most to me about the game part of the of that night is it like. You know, and I wrote in the column like they didn't just like play well, like a handful of them. Like they played literally one of the best games that they've ever had. You know, like DeAndre Hunter was special, Kyle Guy was special, Ty Jerome was special, and for them to bring it, I mean, heck, Braxton Key didn't score a lot, but he had ten boards. You know, and obviously the biggest block of his life. Um, you know, and they held Jarrett Culver to five for twenty-two from the field. Like that's nuts. And Grant, I mean, he still he still went off a little bit. Um, I just, it's, it's just funny to me that like on this big stage, you know, literally, I mean, this court was lifted and all the stuff like they had one of the best games. It's, it's the stuff you, you know, when you're, when you're putting things together for a season, it's, it's what you hope happens, right? That your, that your best yeah. players have their best I night mean, in the biggest game. The one thing I will say is UVA did keep the, uh, not, I'm not talking about people on the beat, but the national, they kept the national sports writers from having to do any real work for two straight years. Um, they said, here's one. We just lost to a 16 seed when <laughs> we haven't made a, like had a breakthrough season. So you can just write the lazy stuff about that. And then this, <laughs> then they followed it up with, well, now you can just write about how we undid all that. You know, <laughs> it's like they didn't have, there wasn't a lot of hard work that needed to be done to create a narrative from what they did. Yeah. Um, proved a lot of people wrong, proved a lot of people right. Um, <laughs> they'll be the reigning champions for a whole other year. Well, I think that's a, a good place to put a pin in. I hope you've enjoyed this retrospective, this uh, anniversary edition of the podcast. Um, if you are somebody who found the show through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you can get podcasts. I'm hopeful that we are there. And if not, please let me know. Uh, if you're somebody who has found the pod, hasn't given us a look at the site yet, check us out, catscorner.com. Let's see. Right now, Tony Grimes, uh, UVA is in his top eight. One of the best players in the class of 2021. Um, so definitely give that a look. We got that on the site. Um, let's see. Uh, I caught up with uh, three-star defensive tackle James Gillespie to talk about his, you know, I don't want to say recent visit now, but basically his last visit um, to UVA and, and, the, and the kind of connection he made with Clint Sentum. Ferber's been continuing to work through his season in review for um, this past year. Um, as you listen to this, you can get uh, the last one, um, unless, I mean, I guess the last player part, maybe we'll do some season thing or something like that. Um, 
you can get that one later this afternoon, but he's, he's obviously worked through a whole uh, bunch of dudes. Most recently, um, Cody Statman, uh, and, and looked at his season. Um, and yeah, like I said, I mentioned the column you can definitely give that a look as well. Just kind of looking back at, um, last year and kind of the images and, and whatnot throughout that, that evening. Uh, hit the Fanatics link that's in your podcast app of choice or in the content item for this show. If you have any any need for any sort of gear, UVA or otherwise, hit that link. Anything that you purchase goes to support the um, the, the site, and I very much appreciate that. So, yeah, I want to say thank you to everybody f- for continuing to support this thing, um, not just a year after the title, but 352 episodes now. Um, I want to thank Ferber for giving graciously of his time, although I keep saying that, and you guys keep reminding me that right now there's not a whole lot else to do. So Yeah. Um, I still had, to car- had to carve out this hour out of my busy schedule of <laughs> other hours. Very, very busy. Um, but anyway, I, I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, so for Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.